You know we're doing Treasure Island. Sort of. (laughs) We're doing every pirate story. What we have here is a start of our burning wheel pirate game. We take a lot of the classic pirate tropes and mix in a little bit of fantasy. I left a bit of the setting and character discussion here at the beginning, so those of you who want to get right to actual play can jump to around the 29-minute mark. Once again, Will GMs us. John plays Wilton Zigzag Godfrey, a former Marine. Tad plays Susan Sawbones Bonham, a sorceress. I play Orson Shadow Crowley, a sneaky smuggler. And though not in this session, Ari plays our prospective captain, Arden Beckett. Enjoy. Yes. Anyway, in recent times, several last hundred years, the empires of the northern continents have started setting up um, little colonies for growing sugar and tobacco and other fun stuff in the warmer climates. And they've been using these intermediate islands um, between the north and south to to act as kind of staging grounds for, for expeditions into the south to maybe some some royal family who claims to have descent from, from the southern empires wants to reclaim heirlooms or it's just plain, you know, classic greed. They know there's probably riches aplenty and um, items that certain people pay uh, handsomely for. So they organize expeditions to go south and, and claim stuff. And, of course, there are horrible monsters and probably magical phenomena that aren't so much fun down there. So that, that's the part of the map that says here be monsters. Yeah, so that, that's my thinking anyway, if that seems fun and makes sense to you. Uh, and for a type of, for, for a Caribbean-like Golden Age of Piracy kind of setting, to my mind, it kind of necessitates a dominant monotheistic religion, at least on the part of the settlers. Okay. But I wanted to have some fun with other potential like if you want to worship like uh what is that reference in the book the black sea god (laughs) or something right then those would represent other traditions or older traditions or you know petty like i wrote in my little notes here like petty spirits jealous of the creator's work variously indifferent to hostile so i think a good example if you're familiar with it in the thief video game series there there there's a sect of like hammerites or whatever right they're they're like the civilization builders yeah fanatics yeah. and their opposites are these these like crazy plant people who call themselves sapling this and birch that and who worship a, a horned forest being right i forget what they're called but you guys know what i mean yeah so the the creator god of the maker will shaper depending on the sect you're in um, that would be like the hammer, hammerite thing. And uh, then you can have a wide variety of other so-called devils, uh, which may be indifferent. I mean, they might award you if they feel like it or not, or they could be outright hostile, as in they are actively looking to pervert or destroy creation or, or just you. <laughs> so we can have some fun with that. Uh, if you want to, if you want to suddenly become uh, religious and be be anointed and invested with uh you know m- miracle powers by um faith yeah I, either the creator doctrine or some other scary doctrine 
I'm also thinking that we, uh, the whole dwarves and elves thing there, there that's kind of like it belongs in the past. Maybe rarely you might come across one, but generally speaking, they, they're like, they've withdrawn to their mountain holes and, and deep, deep woods or faded into the West or something, right? So they're no longer much of a thing. Orcs and trolls, on the other hand, and monsters, like they are everywhere in the South. That's, that's where they do their thing. Thoughts? Uh, criticism? No, I think it's a pretty fair setup. Additions? Thoughts? Like, we're missing a thing here? Or is it just the right level of vague? I think it's the right level. I think more specifics will probably come up as we discuss, like, backstories and beliefs and yeah. stuff. We should definitely talk about, like, um, you all seem to be from the same culture, uh, given your names. So we should probably think of, like, cultural traits for that particular culture. Because I, I might want to model, at least vaguely, Britishers and maybe Spaniards-ish or some equivalent. French. you got to have at least three. You know, ma- ma- major, major crazy powers that, that are jostling for, for control and wealth. Oh, and um, I'm probably going to be a little uh, forgiving, a little more forgiving with the gunpowder dive, given that we're not talking about, like, uh, War of the Roses level firearms uh, anymore. Well, let's see, we got civilization names, we got continent names, we got country nation names. We don't have to overthink these, these things since we're mainly going to be sailing the, the waters, uh, being mean to other pirates, and maybe trying to survive monster attacks. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, cultural traits then. Uh, you're probably originally from the same culture, given your names. If you have other ideas about that and your name, your given name is actually not your real name, feel free to tell me. Uh, and Or like if you think you're from a subculture that, it, that acts or looks different, let me know. Otherwise, we should probably um, think of three descriptive traits that you all have, which you can either play to or against as you desire. Uh, I.e., you can, you can say, oh yeah, these stereotypes about these people, uh, that's true in my case. Or you can say, oh, these stereotypes are not true in my case. So let's, let's call your, your, uh, your culture the empire, right? So people of the empire, this, this would probably be like traits that transcend common people and nobility, because otherwise, <laughs> like, no, nobility are usually a little different. But I think we can we can represent that in um, or, you know, it could be fun, actually, to have Susan have other cultural traits. Right. That might actually be fun. So we have we have common people of the empire and we have nobles of the empire. They have different. I mean, maybe they have one trait in common or two, but they could have one or two that are very different. Something like they're very tight fisted. They're, you know, other countries look at our country as being a country of. Scots. They're penny pinchers. Whenever they're haggling, they're always like trying to get things ridiculously cheap. Yeah. The polite term is they're very thrifty. Yes. Thrifty sounds way too positive. <laughs> so tight fisted people say they are. They're <laughs> conscious. I.e., they basically they worry about where they are within. The, if we got common folks in the ability, there is also. You know, ranks, even amongst those, so... Oh, okay, so you mean, like, uh, uh, dock workers don't normally... Like, they're very aware when they're not among dock workers. Yeah, yeah, they're basically, there's a hierarchy, and 
it's all about status and, and changing your status. So you can change your status. And what was the um, what was the term you thought? Class conscious. All right. We'll have to have like a arrival arrival power that's uh, totally different. <laughs> Don't care one whit about class. Uh, is there a particular trait that the common folk have? Do you think? Like, is there a physical descriptor that that is common to these people? Is there a particular type of behavior or smell or like for nobles it could be like bewigged or like uh, quaffed or something as an example like they're the nobles are very serious about about biannual bathing or biannual bi bi-weekly bathing <laughs> i think that frequent bathing is probably a good offhand to start with frequent bather <laughs> <laughs> we had two hot baths this week. I'm dying. But <laughs> should probably be also some sort of like religious me- meaning to the bathing, right? To the ablution. <laughs> it's all part of Sunday uh, of going going to worship on on the Sabbath. You must cleanse yourself first. You're gonna watch those feet before you walk through the nave. Okay. Common folks, what? what you don't necessarily have to think of common folk tropes uh, so much as what is a thing that they do or uh, what is a thing that they have in common. Like, uh, you know, maybe they all smell of cabbage because they all eat tons of cabbage. In reaction to the fact that the nobles are put on the air that we are much, not only are we better than you are, we are holier than you are. <laughs> so they are literally holier than thou. Okay. Irreligious sort of falls into into that superstition thing as well. Like, you know, perhaps the word word the word I'm looking for is irreverent. Maybe they're they're more given to joking about things to do with uh, doctrine, like as in deficient in in respect for for um, the religious doctrine. How does that sound? Unfavorable to so. Common folks are tight-fisted, class con- class conscious, and irreverent. And nobles are tight-fisted, class conscious, of course, and frequent bathers. So you you all get to write those among your character traits. I guess I can be conscious of class while opposing it. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, you don't have to play into this trait. In fact, you can play you can play against it, and then you'll probably lose it in the trait vote. Because I'm I'm more of a uh, communist. You're a communist, okay. <laughs> oh, you're talking about problem with authority, aren't you? Yes, and, you know, building what I think the character's like, and he's going to be more interested in like the the will of the crew rather than everything the captain says goes. It's this is a, a collective endeavor. <laughs> oh dear, you're going to have a member of the bourgeoisie with you as well. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, should be fun. <laughs> so I had some ideas, some vague ideas, but uh, and now uh, John introduced Tortuga, our fantasy Tortuga. So I think we're going to set it there. We're going to start in Tortuga. Tortuga is obviously also a pirate cove <laughs> to work in as many possibilities as possible for for whoever built their character in interesting ways. Uh, I'm thinking you have just. And I mean, just laid your hands on this treasure map. Uh, and not just, you've probably stolen it from 
another person, probably another pirate. You have the map. You maybe have a little time before whoever right owned it until up until very recently realizes it's gone. You don't have a ship. Your captain is MIA. <laughs> so that's the situation. What do you do? So that's what you should be writing your beliefs about or around. Oh, and and pardon me if I if I skipped ahead here. I was I was also going to talk a little about uh, how you thought sor- sorcery traditions, like magic traditions, um, Tad. If if you wanted there to be like particular organizations or structures or uh, I have thought some about that. Yeah, that uh, ties into my backstory. Okay. I am in the position that I am in. I don't have the your lordship, the your eminence, your grace, that sort of thing, because I'm a younger child. Uh, the eldest child, my older sister, got all of the titles and the land and the political career. She's the one that's going to be in parliament, and she gets everything, and the rest of us are like, you can go. You can go into the religion, or you can go into the military. You just got to make your own way. So I was, uh, I was getting education, which could go in a number of different directions. And then the gift manifested. And once the gift manifests, the cabal or the order or whoever shows up and says, "It is our ancient and inalienable right to claim anybody who has the gift as." one of ours. And so being not the oldest child, uh, nobody really kicked up much of a fuss about that. Uh, so this map then should should probably have something to do with uh, Susan's heritage or the order looking for a particular thing or some such. It's definitely treasure. My belief is probably going to be something about thinking that there is uh, some sort of artifact or something with this treasure that is going to point the way to the great civilization of Uru. Because I need to have an action in there. Definitely everybody should have a belief about the map. <laughs> or the one who can read the map. <laughs> well, I got one. I, 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 I will help Miss Bonham find us a ship. Well, I have uh, affiliation with the crew of the Devil's Strumpet. Awesome. And- I know they're uh, not happy with their current captain, so I think we could present this as an opportunity for them. Good point. And, I mean, your belief is still valid, John, so long as you help in presenting <laughs> the, uh, the offer. I'm relying on you, because I can make them scared, but I'm not sure I can really win their hearts and minds. Oh yeah, and on the on the topic of of you know the general attitude towards sorcery, I'm thinking a lot of people work sorcery without actually working sorcery. A lot of people think they're using spells to improve their dice luck or to to curse a rival for another's affections or something. And it's probably neither frowned on nor championed by the the religious institutions. Uh, in fact, clergymen probably do the same thing. So you have three belief uh, slots, four if you have special traits, uh, same, same for instincts, but I'm thinking for a functional game, I want two beliefs and I want one instinct. And if you have more, fantastic, that's going to benefit you, but it won't be necessary for like right now 
good principles is to write beliefs about fellow characters. I'm not going to be able to probably cover everybody in a single session. So if you have the opportunity to roll your own, so to speak, maybe with a belief that says something like, uh, you know, I will prove myself to my companions or um, <laughs> I'll persuade um, Blah to uh, bury the hatchet um, with the X. Then you can always push for something and, and earn Arta, regardless of whether or not I am putting a, a, a fat, juicy thing in front of you. My second one is, and I'm just tentative, is I will raise funds for our voyage through my gambling skills. Oh, dear. That's going to take a long time. <laughs> you should have the hubris trait. That's great, though. That's that's gumption, like with a B1 gambling. Like, I will raise funds. <laughs> I'm just going to go to Vegas, guys. I'll, I'll, I'll fund the trip. Don't worry. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's 17. What do you think? I know that. I mean, it's it's really good. <laughs> with the five dollar tables. Yes, with five dollars. <laughs> so, um, Susan, why? Uh, how come you're out here? Are you on business for your organization, the Order? Do you have an affiliation with these guys, these people? Um, I did not buy an affiliation since I thought that an affiliation meant some degree of influence or power beyond being just a a member it kind of means you're a member yeah it, it means that you are you belong to this group more than other groups right oh okay a simple 1d affiliation would suit this kind of thing because it sounds like i mean you're off in a very decentralized region there wouldn't be like a whole heap load of gifted people well first of all period and then in this place right so it's okay if it's a small group like a sorcerer's cabal essentially that is essentially what it is basically the tortuga chapter house if they would have one here they they could have one you know among pirates essentially it's a pirate cove <laughs> so the chapter house of the nearest city back in the uh, respectable area back in empire proper saint meckles town or whatever yeah there would be 10 points so I'd be losing a spell, very likely. Like my small cottage would probably have to go down to a leaky shack. <laughs> the personal effects becomes a leaky shack. The small cottage and the falcon skin spell would have to be traded in and spend one point on something else. You don't have to have a leaky shack. Or lose cat's eye, small cottage, and personal effects. And that gets me the 10. Keep the falcon skin... Yeah, sounded like you were pretty excited about that one. This could also be useful for circling up other wizards, right? Who might actually help you with your spell casting. But hey, I am super excited by you having a, a, a low to middling sorcery skill because there's so many fun failure options. Oh, yeah. I'm so hoping for you rolling the die of fate and getting a two, so I can I can finally use the the wheel of wheel of pain. <laughs> So I get to have pain on top of making the storm worse instead of better. Well, you know, you might make the storm worse instead of better, or you might accidentally turn Good Wilton here into a cat. Good stuff like that. All right. I now have an affiliation with St. Alban's Chapter House. So this is obviously then like a forward, um, this sounds way too modern, but like a forward operations Chapter House. <laughs> 
like a lost treasures adjacent uh, chapter house. This is maybe the chapter house they send uh, hopefuls or potentials to to see if they're worth anything. Or the ones they want to get rid of. That too, possibly. If you want to make a name for yourself, go out and find Udu or nobody's found Udu yet. But maybe you'll be the one. I mean, is this map something that you got wind of was coming to the chapter house, but then it would you know, the shipment was waylaid by pirates? Or is it a map that you heard somebody was in possession of and you're reclaiming it either for yourself or on business for the chapter house? Or um, I think the first one sounds pretty good. We were expecting it, and it was waylaid. And if I can not only find the map, but also follow up, find some significant archaeological find, some item or artifact or place that uh, this is an opportunity to raise my standing with the overall affiliation, get a reputation for myself that will extend beyond St. Albans. How did you get involved with these scallywags? Are these the your shady contacts? Or <laughs> I mean, out here, you're not exactly sold for choice. Maybe you needed some strange or rare thing for your sorceries in the past that uh, you needed somebody to provide for you. And as a smuggler, I helped acquire that for you. Thinking about it, since I'm an ex-Marine, it could, the reason I could be an ex-Marine is that Wilton may, may have been uh, smitten with you on the ship that you rode down here on. Well, he's tagging along, making sure you're okay. Probably from Tonic Sense, of course. Oh, Zigzag, he's, he's here to make sure her ladyship doesn't get into trouble. Oh, that's a belief. Uh-huh. I'll make sure her ladyship does not get into trouble. I was probably hooked up on a, you know, on a previous business with Shadow and the captain through a fence. And uh, on that voyage, I proved just useful enough on a minor wound that could have gotten infected. That got me a not entirely accurate name and a way in with the crew. So, I'm, so I actually know how my character is dressed, and he's dressed in naval blues. Why? Well, you can decide how long ago it, it was, but it's it's likely that you may have kept some stuff because you don't really have money to buy new things unless you stole them. I mean, I spent a resource point on clothes, so I actually have more than one thing to wear, and I imagine that includes not good shoes, but shoes of some sort. That does not include shoes at all. But you're you're in a hot maritime place, so it does may not matter super much. You just you'll just look like a bum. That's brilliant, actually. Half rumpled navy uniform and no shoes. <laughs> Always looking for a set of boots. Used to have a set of boots. Oh, there we go. That's part of my backstory. Used to have a set of boots. Lost it in the game. <laughs> Went off to win us the ship. Came back without his boots. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> So what are you thinking for belief number two, Susan? Okay, so you have got one about acquiring proper tools. Right. I don't have my astrolabe yet or any of the things I'm going to need to navigate. And, you know, I can maybe mix up some medicine, but good bandages I don't have. I also don't have books and telescope to scry the stars, that sort of thing. It's like I can do nothing except mix up medicine a couple of times. Clearly, our expedition is doomed if I do not get myself some kit. All right. There's no rule for, like, uh, 
poor quality tools, right? No, I think it's just if you don't have them, you're a double obstacle or something like that. Yeah. Um, about belief number two, though. Belief number two is going to need to tie into Captain or Shadow or the crew, I think. It sounds like in you guys' minds, you guys are already more or less a group. Not necessarily like you didn't necessarily meet last Tuesday and you decided, oh, wait, we all, we all heard about this map, so let's, let's go get the map. So maybe approving yourself to the others isn't a super necessary belief, unless you think there's some doubt about that. But perhaps there's something about one of the other player characters that you can write a belief about or um, something specifically about the map. I mean, it's probably easier for me to write a belief than... I don't know that it creates a whole lot of uh, dynamism with the group if I have a map belief, but it's very easy for me to write a belief of acquiring this map will point the way to Uru. Sure, but you have the map. (laughs) I have the map. You've just acquired the map, right? Acquiring the treasure will point us to Uru. Oh, okay. I thought the map pointed to Uru. Well, they talk about beliefs needing to be... Something achievable and and short term, small scale. Well, you can break it down. So uh, having a belief that's like uh, you know, if if in this game you were to say I'm I'm going to I I need to topple the monarchy, I'd be like, okay, what's step number one? How do you do that? Step number one, write a manifesto. So so if you break it down. So this is why I tend to think of it's a good idea to write beliefs that are bigger in in like here's a here's your conviction like this map will lead us to Uru for instance that's your conviction and then the first step to getting to Uru <laughs> would be maybe deciphering the map or get away with the map or show the map to somebody you could write down follow the map to Uru that would be legit like you could do that but it might not be achieved until session four. Right. Uh, in order to maximize your, your persona point awards, think in smaller steps. Main belief is the map will lead us to Uru, uh, or treasure if you prefer. Um, and then step two is uh, I must bring it safely out of Tortuga, or, or step one might be, well, that seems like the sensible step, actually, but maybe you have other ideas. And just I must get this map safely out of without going to extra things like, oh, I'll need to also steal the crystal to open the door when we get there. and So we'll just leave it at that. Because once you get it safely out of Tortuga and you succeed at that, that's not a given, but let's say you succeed at that, then you earn Persona, and then you can write another tail end statement like uh, uh, follow the map to its destination, for instance. Sort of stuff is what's going to get me the Artha points that... Make it possible for me to do some of this crazy stuff. Oh, uh, everybody should start with two fate and one persona point. Actually, if we're doing a shorter game, let's say three three fate and two persona, just so you have some to fall back on. So what did you other little piggies have for beliefs and instinct? Right, helping Bonham, finding a ship, and then uh, preventing her getting into trouble. And instinct was to shoot first, ask questions later. And Mr. Crowley ship and assisting susan that is that is such a karen name for some reason in my head uh that's funny um 
But most of the names that other people had, I was just like, oh gosh, well, what kind <laughs> of a name fits that? Oh, like Susan Bonham, I'm sure. <laughs> Susan Sawbones Bonham, and I rolled a whole bunch of things on the pirate name generator, and I was just like, well, this is as good as any of those. So, uh, Dirk, when you say always find somewhere unobtrusive to stand, who were you talking about when you say unobtrusive? When the trouble breaks out, he's usually not in the center of it. Okay. When trouble breaks out, and he's not going to be the first person to get hit. (laughs) Okay, good. And obviously, if if further instincts and beliefs come up, then don't be afraid to write them down. They're only going to award you more arta if they if they come into play. Like for if for instance, you want to write an additional belief about the person you're stealing or stole the map from, or an, another crew member, or an event that happens. Go ahead. If you guys are more or less okay, could maybe play for an hourish. That sound okay. I guess for any listener's sake, we should probably just really quickly read off your characters' names and beliefs and possibly traits. So I can probably start us off. Go ahead. Okay, so my character's name is Susan Sawbones Bonham. My beliefs are I must acquire adequate tools for this crew to survive the search for Uru, and I must get this map safely out of Tortuga. My current instincts are never pass up a chance at new knowledge and don't get cornered, but if cornered, exploit small-minded cowardice. (laughs) Okay. Well, we may have to work on that one, but it's a good start. You know, I really have no means of fighting, but I read that uh, orcs have a really high hesitation. They're essentially cowardly, so I turn on the fear and hope that that gets me out of a tight spot. Oh my god, meta, meta. <laughs> yes, 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 it's meta. So not the best weapon that I have. I'll, I'll give you a slight hint. Most human beings also have a very high estation. <laughs> it is universally useful. Uh, my traits are mark of privilege for having been born noble, base humility for being an arcane devotee, gifted to use magic, and a sense of direction which is going to be important to me as a navigator. And, of course, your cultural traits as a... Cultural traits are tight-fisted, class-conscious, and class-conscious, and frequent bather. And you had frequent bather because uh, you're a part of the nobility. Or born normal, anyway. Well, that does make you part of the nobility, yes. It does, (laughs) yes. Okay, John, how about your character? Character is Wilton Zigzag Godfrey, 17 years old, full of himself. His beliefs are, I will help Miss Bonham find, a, find us a ship. His other belief is, I will make sure her ladyship doesn't get into trouble. So I'm her bodyguard. Self-appointed bodyguard. Uh, my instinct is shoot first, ask questions later, which will never get me in trouble. My traits are call the sea. Uh, I, was born at the, I was born on a ship. Uh, sea legs, bruiser, and iron stomach. Uh, I can eat anything. And, of course, being uh, also of the Empire, tight visit, class conscience, class conscious, and irreverent. And the final pirate today. Orson Shadow Crawley. Please, I must obtain a ship and crew to pursue the treasure on the map. Must aid Sawbones in finding the location of the treasure of the ancients. 
uh, instincts, always find somewhere unobtrusive to stand, always have a lie prepared to get out of trouble, traits, paranoid, problems with authority, shrewd, sea legs, and quiet. Cultural ones as per others. Uh, and you were a commoner, right? So it's irreverent and not a frequent bather. Yeah. So these are three life path characters, level one uh, adventurers in the in the fantasy Caribbean-ish, and we're off to find a, a, an ancient civilization and loot it, of course. So the moon uh, shines down and silvers the dirt-stained, probably excrement-stained cobblestones of the narrow alley beside a Tortugan brothel where Wilton and Susan Bonham are um, waiting as Orson is descending, possibly from a line made of connected sheets with uh, the eponymous map, the famed map uh, in, stuffed in his pocket, escaping the pouting room uh, where he uh, left a drunken, um, notorious pirate who uh, was until recently in possession of this map, a man named Edward Swan, a uh, young, vicious, unpleasant pirate. Scallywag, <laughs> who luckily has a penchant for drinking, so getting him drunk and then lifting the map was not that difficult. Although you, you had to avoid his second-in-command, uh, Lefty Latesta, uh, down uh, the second story, which is why you're climbing out the back. And so we see, we see Shadow dropping to the, the cobblestones among, among the rest of you, and there you are. What do you do? I got it. Let's go. Two thumbs up. Very good. So I gesture with my hands to come along and turn on my heel and get moving. So where to? Oh, fledglings. Do you need to look at this before we go, or what, what do you need as we're walking? You need to look at it. But, uh, well, more importantly, who did you leave him with? I left him with uh, no one when I was there, so I wasn't seen. Very good. Very good. Very good. It's Susan panicking a little. Is that what I'm hearing? Like, oh, yes, good, yes. Uh, is this your first criming? Have you not crimed before? When I first asked the question, I was like, was she beautiful? What kind of a, what kind of a girl was she? Am I gonna, am I gonna have to go back and sweet talk her and and try to do any of that sort of thing? But maybe it is. Uh, maybe, yeah. I'm not a very accomplished criminal. <laughs> All right, wait, what's your first? Well, there are many things I'm going to have to get for us to oh. make best use of this. But unless you've got a 24-hour fence that we can talk to to get the astro- to get the uh, sextant necessaries to uh, to follow the charts. I know many people. If there's money involved, time of day is not important. Well, let's not keep that out in the open. We'll uh, screen it somewhere about our person. Then we'll go see if we can't get a glass or a sextant, because without it, we will be terribly lost once we start following the map. Uh, it may occur to any one of you who's been at sea as a profession that some basic equipment may be uh, available on a ship if you were to acquire a ship right, with an already existing crew. To completely outfit it ourselves if we get an existing ship. Um. Familiar with the, the crew of the Devil Strumpet. They've been unhappy with their current captain, and I think they're looking for uh, opportunities. Yes, I think 
it would be good to exploit that as soon as possible. All right. If we can be on the water by the morning, we'll have so much more the advantage. They're in port. They're also in port. You know, I make the drinking motion. Oh, that's true. Probably uh, most of them are at AM5 uh, random tavern generator here. Sure, why not? The wooden saber. <laughs> you don't have a relationship with any of these people, do you, um, do you Crowley? I have an affiliation with the crew. I have sailed with them many times. Okay. So, what kind of a crew member are you looking to find here? Somebody a little below, like the captain or first mate. Like a carpenter or quartermaster. Quartermaster. So, I think we're going to... The first roll is going to be a circus test. How exciting. And you're going to get to add your affiliation, of course, to your circles thing. I don't remember if you can help with circles, but it doesn't really matter today. I'll look it up for the future. So, pretty common profession. Yeah, definitely of a lower rank station or class. Or, well, you are a pirate and a smuggler. Town places right here and right now, right? I think most of these other uh, things don't apply. So, uh, it's going to be a straight-up obstacle three circles test. You can spend art on this, same as any other role. If you have a wise that's appropriate, you can use that as a linked test. I assume at the same obstacle. Oh, here we go. Characters who share similar circles may help one another for circles tests, which means that we have somebody who's been in and out of Tortuga for uh, a, a bit, who's also a sailor, so you could help. All right, so, I, so do I like half my circle, or how is that? So if your exponent is lower than five, you, you help with one die. You have one die. You get an extra die from, uh, from Wilton. So four dice before you spend any Arta, if you spend any Arta. Now, if you don't succeed at this test, I'm probably going to go with the Enmity Clause anyway. So you're going to find him out there, but maybe, maybe you're not on the best of terms, or, or he's in a bit of a jam or something, right? Yeah, that sounds fine. If, you know, if I fail, we'll look into some fun hijinks. Mm-hmm. All right. No, two six X, but I dig a six. I'll throw a fade at it. Oh, no, no good. All right. Who is this uh, intermediate rank crew member um, of the Devil's Trumpet? We'll go with uh, the quartermaster. I know him as Fat Charlie. Fat Charlie, the quartermaster. Okay. So Fat Charlie is taking his late evening repast of rum and tobacco uh, in the the wooden saber bin, the three of you. He's sitting around at like a dirty wooden table where there's a like a clearly um, wilder looking kind of a native islander across from him doing like the, you know, five finger fillet thing. So they both look up when you when you show up. Charlie, what you drinking? Oh, the usual. Care for some? Sure. I'm He's with, like, some other crew member from the, the ship. I don't think you've seen him before. Uh, he could be new. It's a new crew member? Oh, yeah. Uh, Bill here is a mute. Don't worry. Don't, don't, don't worry about him. Bill uh, gives you a very broad smile. He doesn't look like a Bill. Unless he could write his name, which I'm sure he can't, then who knows what his <laughs> name is. <laughs> well, then, I'm here to present you and uh, the crew with... And, an opportunity that I don't think you'd likely to to get very often. 
All right, don't don't just uh, leave me hanging. What's the opportunity? Well, I happen to have possession of a map that will lead us to some vast amount of ancient treasures in the south. And look at her ship. <laughs> he says, vast amounts of treasure now. Actually, he, does, he doesn't say it that loudly, I think. Because you never know who's listening in the wooden saber. He's maybe about to say it, to laugh at it, you know, about that, like I did. But then he lowered his voice, this vast amounts of treasure. Eh? Why should I think this this claim has any more uh, weight to it than than any of the other tall tales going around town? I'll, I'll gesture to my uh, companion here, particularly the lady. The lady here is knowledgeable about these things and can verify what this map means. Well, you have a map. Snope is always debatable, of course, but if this is, as I am completely convinced, the gateway into Uru, then, well, not only would there be much treasure beyond the gateway, but those who bring back such knowledge would be able to command a great price from buyers in the north, hungry for some sort of evidence to, uh, to link themselves to that great lost civilization. Well, I don't know any royalty, but I sure could use gold. Uru was known for their expertise in all manner of precious metals. Are you making shit up, or is, is this actually like a thing? It's a thing. I won't, I won't quibble and start talking about Orichalcum or any of that nonsense. Right. I just want to know where, where we're starting to ease into falsehood instead of, like, likelihood. <laughs> I mean, I won't mention that the place could have been very heavily sacked at the fall. See, these, even all the tales of those uh, highborn northerners talk about the, the lost civilizations and wealth. We got a chance here to, to get a piece of that. Well, you talk a uh, good game, but I haven't seen the map. Well, I have to give Shadow a look of having to follow your lead here. Do we charm or not? I'll look around the room. I mean, how surreptitiously we can pull it out and show it to him. If you, like, take a few steps into a corner and huddle about, then it should be pretty private. It's, it's your usual somewhat noisy, late evening, <laughs> raucous nonsense going on all around you. Yeah, I'll, I'll turn around and, and just, just keep an eye out, see if anyone's watching us. Okay. So I'll go, okay, well, dip over here and uh, out of view of all the crying eyes. We don't want everybody trying to jump on this opportunity. <laughs> okay. So he follows you. Pull it out. Unroll it a little bit. Uh, at least show him that, uh, yeah, it's real. Oh, okay. His eyebrows climb up a bit. Well, well, now, maybe it is real. Actually, I think he takes out like a really like ugly, dirty monocle like and wipes <laughs> it on his, his dirty coat sleeve and then looks at it like, ah, oh, maybe you do have something there, huh? Ah, uh, interesting. Okay, okay. Well, see, I don't know how we would be broaching this with the captain, though, uh, as he's very excited about signing on with the sovereignty. They've been making waves uh, around here of late, spending uh, pieces of eight like uh, like it's uh, confetti. I'm thinking we don't we don't need the captain for this. Oh. And who'd be captain? I know a guy who 
who worked fine. You know the crew. I know the crew. <laughs> we can handle the ship. I know a captain who will be fine with that. <laughs> so what, what were you saying, uh, Tad? Would be a fine candidate. I believe he's demonstrated a flair for leadership. What, what was the name you gave? Mr. Beckett. Ah, yeah. Fat Charlie strokes his fat chin a bit. He seems sort of interested. He does dislike his captain. So give me a persuasion roll here with uh, a, an advantage die. My obstacle going to be? It's going to be three, which would be his will. Can I fork in my falsehood? Because, yeah, I don't really know much anything about Beckett right now. <laughs> <laughs> So he's going to be great. <laughs> all right, all right. The, that's fair. Beckett could be a total douche. We yeah. don't know yet. <laughs> Any vices you could you could uh, work in? Now, this is only that you're going to overthrow the current captain and replace him with Beckett. This is not that you're not going to throw in together and go after the, the treasure, right? So if I fail this, then he's going to want to stick with his captain. and Yeah, or find some other captain. Okay. Find other arrangements for leadership, potentially, you know, taking reins himself or suggesting one of you do it or something, and that's going to be a problem. Well, it's probably more of a problem for Beckett. Yeah, it's going to be a problem, a big problem, maybe, maybe not. (laughs) Since I don't care so much about captains and all. (laughs) So we'll just go with with the five then. Get the extra one and the fork. And I got a three. Wow. Oh, and two sixes. Typical that you get sixes when you meet the obstacle, right? So this would have been a routine test for Persuade, I think, if your Persuade is three. Yeah. He spits in his hand and he says, all right, you have a deal. Holds it out. Spit in my hand and shake it. We have an accord. Aye. Now we'll just have to find a way to draw the captain out and get rid of him. Look over my shoulder, get him drunk in the brothel, and then take the ship. Well, see, he has these guests. We'll have to do something about all of them. Tell us about these guests. Uh, Officers from the Sovereignty. Incognito, of course. But mm, they've been staying uh, aboard the ship for uh, two days now. Going over charts and such. There are only three of them, though, and the captain. So you get people to go and their charts to stay. That would be good. Officers, they'll probably be interested in the brothel. <laughs> I, I thought so, too. I thought so, too. But these are these are some sort of uh, snuff-sniffing, uh, uh, holier-than-thou types. Entirely untrustworthy. There's the opium den, if they're snuff-sniffing. Uh, perhaps we, we could stage an accident or something, uh, an, uh, a crisis of some sort, and uh, that would draw the captain out. The rest they would either have to hide, or well, maybe if there's a fire on the on the ship, they would have to leave. And he starts going off on crazy ideas. Yeah, let's not burn down the ship. <laughs> well, I mean, we could we could stuff some rags in in a in a cooking fire, and and there could be smoke, but you know, without the fire. I think if we get the captain off the ship, then we can get the rest of the crew on the side. We can just throw these these officers off and sail out. I'm sure that. Without the captain there, the men would uh, agree with us. His eyes go wide. <gasps> or hold them for ransom. Yes, yes, this is much better. <laughs> <laughs> but how would we lure the captain out? Does he have uh, 
Anyone at the brothel he has his eye on? Perhaps we can convince her to send him a note. What are the vices you guys have again? I have none. Pirate Cove lies. I don't even really know what the hell that means. Oh, that would be this place, for instance. And it might be uh, knowledge about coves that there might be pirates in or where that would be good hiding spots, for instance. But yeah, nobody has like pirate wise or, or like captain wise or something like that. No. Yeah, we didn't have enough skill points to waste on something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the joys of being three life paths. <laughs> nobody took the boy life path, really? <laughs> Maybe if we say his favorite, um, his favorite girl is is with the uh, is with Swan. Yes, yes, that could work. He hates Swan. Oh, that is nice. Yes, I'm I'm barred from that brothel. I ca- I, I couldn't tell him that. He, he would know it would it was a lie. I can let him know that. Oh, yeah, y- yes. Oh, <laughs> he knows me. He knows that I have been to that brothel before. All right, I'll I'll bring you aboard. You you tell him what's going on. Uh, and, and you really lay it on thick. <laughs> he's, he's getting all excited about this. <laughs> and uh, uh, I'll, I'll look all concerned, and he'll rush off in a in a uh, in an, an alcohol in a rum fueled rage, and uh, and we steal away while he's away. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Are you sure? Swan definitely knows you've been to that brothel. Perhaps we'll just have to hope that they don't. Well, they hate each other, so they're not going to talk. All right. I have resolved my concern. <laughs> okay. So, all right. I'll I'll just get uh, I'll just get Bill and uh, where did Bill go? So he starts looking around the wooden saber for Bill. Uh, Bill isn't at the table anymore. I've been looking around too myself. So did I spy him leaving or? Give me observation uh, versus. This is good. I have that B one. So ah. Uh... I may have to spend some persona if, if it's a high enough ob. Uh, versus two. Uh, yeah, I'll spend one persona. Yeah, I got six, though. So I'm spending a fate. Nope. Ow. So you were probably busy eyeing a brawl that was getting dangerously close to to the the huddle. I didn't see him, but but he's a mute, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, How long you known, Bill? Oh, Bill? I was t- telling him that he, he could sign on. I mean, we, I've been seeing him on and off here for maybe uh, several months. Who have you been sailing with before this? He isn't going to go off and uh, tell somebody about our map, is he? You know, I, I didn't see any uh, tattoos or anything. But um, Bill wasn't in the huddle. Okay. But Bill has ears, so maybe mute, but he does have ears. Do we have to put quotations mark around the word, around the word mute? I would. <laughs> Do you bring that up? What if he's in quotation mark mute? <laughs> I, I look over mute. You say. I shake my head. Oh, quiet as the grave. Well, uh, we we can't worry about that now. We we got to get rid of the captain. Well, maybe you guys need to go check on this bill. Are we go talk to the captain? Or Phil spoils the plan. <laughs> it's better for us to not. Be all caught in the basket. So while Shadow and our good quartermaster friend carry off this plan, I should perhaps um, safeguard the map somewhere else. I otherwise do not know how I could really expedite making sure that their plan comes off. Uh, Do you express this idea to them? Yes. 
I will have to. Fat Charlie looks at you like you're crazy, but he doesn't say anything because this is clearly you guys' job. Are we better off sticking together? Or are we? Where's Beckett staying? We can go go to where he is and wait for you. You're just gonna go be sitting around. You aren't gonna go find Bill. Absolutely, yes. We've got to find Bill and make sure if we can keep him from alerting the captain and hoping to get onto crew. All right, let's go look. So Fat Charlie's like, you, you, uh, lady, uh, really ought to leave the map with us in case. What, what if Bill is a, is not who he seems, and he ambushes you, and you lose the map? It would be better if we have it. Yeah, my hand goes to my the hilt of my pistol and says, "The lady's keeping the map." Yeah, that's what you say, but he's, he's directing himself to um to Miss Lady here. Personally responsible for the map at all times. What what is your will? It is four. It's four. Now, Fat Charlie's going to attempt to convince you here. We can do it quickly, and he can attempt with his with his pitiful persuasion skill, which still might succeed in a in a distant possibility. So basically, my will sets the awe, but we don't. Yes, but you have a higher than average will for a human being, so he doesn't have a great chance. Or we could have a little short duel of wits. I think time constraints, we should probably do the quick version. All right. But you're basically just resisting. You're saying you're not open to this idea of like giving the map to, say, Shadow or Fat Charlie. Yeah. The way I view it, this is, this is the Order's property. Oh, okay. He's definitely spending a fate on that one. So that's another two. Oh, oh my God, four. Oh, yeah. Okay, so he gets five successes. Amazingly, amazingly, oh he gets five successes. This? The burning wheel. <laughs> he, he gives a couple of like uh, more like... But I will have I will have your compatriot with me. It's not as if uh, he can carry it. Uh, and and what if you are amb- ambushed on the on the way? And it will be in the ship when you get back. You know, he gives you a few more like, and he's like, it seems very serious. And I guess does he wear you down, or do you lose your patience with him, or how are you convinced? I'm not entirely convinced that you are safer from ambush than us. But Shadow will keep the map. Of course, of course. I no one will even know I have it as I flip it into some folds of my clothes there. <laughs> fat Charlie, like he he wipes his fat fingers on his coat and he says, "Okay, all right. Uh, good luck. Uh, let's let's get to the ship." Where will we find Bill if he wasn't at the ship? Any ideas? Bill isn't part of the the Devil's Trumpet crew, so uh, you could certainly um, circles up somebody who might know Bill since you're here. And Bill looked like he would maybe the martial type, like the fighting man. Uh, so your reputation might be helpful here. All right. I'll do a circles. Can I help with my pirate cove-wise? I can say, oh, he's probably at the curious warthog. <laughs> <laughs> if you give some suggestions, uh, we can we can count that as help. So I'll get an extra die on this then on my circle. Yes, it's going to be an ob uh, three again. Now, uh, do I uh, do I get to add my my reputation to this as well? Yes, you do. Just... Yes, you do. No, Artha, and what's the ob? Dirk, would you like to make a linked uh, pirate cove wise test? If you fail the test at ob three, you're going to give him a negative modifier. If you succeed, on the other hand, he's going to get a bonus. Hmm. 
at Ob3, I'm not likely to be helpful. <laughs> okay. And the obstacle is... Three. Three, sir. Oh! Oh, thank you. All right. All right. So you and um, Miss Bonham head off looking for uh, associates of, of Bill, probably at the war, Warthog. Uh, you can't shut them up, you know? <laughs> While the other two head off to um, to the Devil's Trumpet. You catch uh, this guy. Let's call him, let's call him Pete. Peg Lake Pete. Peg Lake Pete is, is hobbling out of the Warthog, kind of drunk. When you see him, and and uh, and uh, he he looks a bit drunk and very happy to see you, uh, like hey, uh, Wilton Zigzag. I, this is straight, you know. Call me Zigzag. No one does. <laughs> hey, have you seen Bill the Mute? Uh Bill. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a real favorite with the the ladies, the girls up up the the upper brothels. Uh, he's probably up there. He probably plows them right and left. And, and excuse me, he starts to you know urinate against the wall of the warthog. I sort of stand between him and her because she's got the privilege, you know. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. Um, pat him in the back. The brothels. I would love, I would love to have to have an entry up there, but I, I'm not allowed since last time. They don't, they don't like me up there. And, you know, he goes into sobs over his urine. We should, we should spend some more time together, Wilton. You and I, like good old times, shooting natives and, 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 and uh, he's looking for the word that is probably press ganging, but he can't find it. You know, doing that with, with the lads. <laughs> good times, good times. Yes, yes. Uh, Don't you go off and sleep it off? Sleeper, I've barely started. Which one is his favorite? Which one is whose favorite what? Oh, hello. He, he takes off his cap. His willy's still hanging out. Well, good night to you, sir. <laughs> well, well, we'll talk later. You sure? I have lots of rum at my place. No, it is never enough rum for, for this. You're always my favorite, Wilton. Don't let anybody else tell you otherwise. Uh, you best furl your furl your mask there, um, uh, peg leg. Tell Giselle I'll be right over. Yes, and and you know, he he starts drifting off into something else. Back to the brothels. See if we can't pull off one more press gang and give you a little tap. We get so far as the two of you drawing close to uh, you. You get up to the higher elevations. Uh, the the not quite dock adjacent section where <laughs> you just escaped from, really. Uh, you see outside uh, the brothel in question, uh, you see Bill, his uh, arms crossed, talking, quote unquote, in some sort of sign language. Well, he's nodding, and with one of his hands, he's making like these signs with the other crossed at a, a person you're pretty sure belongs to the crew of Edward Swan. And that's where we're going to leave it for this time. Oh. <laughs> so let's do Arta Awards real quick so we get through that. Looking at your beliefs, we can start with uh, start with uh, Crowley. Uh, you must obtain a ship and crew to pursue, to pursue the treasure on the map. Uh, you're certainly in the, in the process of that, so you can take up fate points for that. And must aid Solvents in finding location of lost treasures of the ancients. Uh, well, that was not really pursued other than... You're already having the map this time. 
So one fate for the beliefs, and uh, I didn't really put you in positions where the instincts mattered, per se. Do you think you played a trait of some kind that um, uh, moved the story in a particular direction or got you in trouble? Maybe I could argue my problems with authority, kind of keep going around captains and such. All right. I can see that. You can take a fate for that. Bonham must acquire adequate tools. You did not search for tools this time. Uh, I must get this map safely out of Tortuga. Well, you certainly were a vessel for the map this time. And while if we had more time, we would have maybe launched into a short duel of wits. That was not the case. You certainly certainly was it were unwilling to part with the map, which would be yeah. certainly in, concerned about getting it safely out of Tortuga. So I'd say you get a fate for that. Any trait in particular that you think you you played up that uh, affected the direction of the story or got you in trouble? No, I don't think I. I don't think I got any special trouble with any of this. I did have to uh, temper the mark of privilege somewhat with my base humility. I'm like trying to trying to get along with these people who are very different in background to me. <laughs> but I'm probably being than they're used to in their irreverent lifestyles. They're also class conscious, right? So, And I'm Mr. Charlieing this and <laughs> Mr. Beckett that. I don't, I don't know if Fat Charlie would have noticed uh, so much, but I was definitely trying to get, work in a little bit in, uh, in Peg Lake Pete's. Uh, like, oh, he, just, he, he noticed that you were there and then he was like different and, and curtsied or whatever. No, and well, bowed, you know, doffed his hat, that kind of thing. Anywho, zigzag. Uh, we'll help Miss Bonham find us a ship. Hey, I did it just with him finding Fat Charlie. Hmm. We should maybe have refined that a bit uh, once we established uh, that that Shadow had a lead. But that's okay. We can do that for next time. We can. We can. You know. You can. You can write a, uh, a ship-related belief if if that's what you prefer for for next time. That's a little unfortunate. I should have caught that. Okay, but you definitely uh, played uh, that you played up the whole make sure her ladyship doesn't get into trouble, both in character and looking out for potential problems with Bill. So take a fate for that. Nobody has been shot yet, but, um, you know, maybe that's the solution to your problem. If you shoot them both, they can't go tittle-tattle to anyone, right? Shoot at least one of them, probably the one that can actually talk versus the one who has a sign, because I only get one bullet. All right, you only have one pistol. I can melt their minds if you like. <laughs> at least temporarily. None of my traits came to play. Call the sea, sea legs, bruiser, iron stomach. Do you think any anyone was particularly funny in a kind of uh, stop the table dead with, with uh, humor kind of way? A little difficult to judge over this uh, medium, but I generally read it as if somebody found something in, incredibly funny and everybody agrees, I usually award this award. So if something stood out as particularly funny in character, then let me know. Otherwise, we'll move on. No, I'm not thinking of anything. So, right skill, right time? Did somebody have a particular thing? I kind of put you in a pirate cove so, so the opportunity would be there to be pirate covey. I don't think we tested it, though. No. It, it was circles this time, really. Circles and persuade. So mm -hmm. 
not complicated. So embodiment, when a player captures the mood of the table perfectly and furthers, further drives the story onward, one persona point is awarded. Mon moments like great speeches, desperate decisions, or gruesome revenge fall into this category. This is a tough award to get as players really must go above and beyond in his role playing. I don't think we got there yet. Don't think we're there yet in the characters. Indeed. So uh, mold breaker, if a player uh, comes to a point in the story where his beliefs, instincts, and traits conflict with a decision he must make, a direction in which he must go, and he plays out the in inner turmoil. Uh, yeah, again, I think um, this may be future stuff for Moldbreaker. Nobody went against a belief, certainly. Nobody achieved their personal goals yet. Get the map safely out of, um, out of Tortuga, for instance. Workhorse Award, and this, these two awards are uh, awards that you guys vote on and I have no say in. Workhorse is being the workhorse character the most relied upon in a given scenario is worth a, a persona point. This is for the mundane stuff, having that piece of gear to make a scene go, having that skill to get the other character safely through danger, and just generally slaving away behind the scenes to make it all work. Do you think? And you don't have to award these every session. It's up to you. Um, do you think anyone in particular was uh, appropriate for this? I'd say if anyone, it was Shadow. Yeah, because we were relying on his context for driving the scenario. So I'd say, yeah, Shadow gets Shadow gets the award. Cool. So Shadow gets an additional persona point. Uh, and MVP, this one is going to be kind of difficult for this scenario, I think. Uh, the, the short little hour plus that we played. But being voted the most valuable player for a scenario earns a persona point. It's for the character who drives the story to its conclusion, the character who shines in the last moments and about whom everyone agrees, damn, we couldn't have done it without him. Seems early, right? Okay, and I don't think you're in deeds, deeds uh, territory yet. If you get to the treasure and, and you like decide to give it away or something, maybe. <laughs> so that was Arta Awards. I hope at least uh, everybody should at least have earned uh, a fate point for this kind of mini half session. So that's something. Suddenly, I'm I'm having flashbacks to to Anim's uh, Seventh Skies game where he had that crazy person go around like, oh, let me see that arm. Oh, that looks terrible. It has got to come off. <laughs> Favorite NPC. <laughs> Depending on your point of view of your religion, you know, leaving out a saucer of milk for the fairies every night mm -hmm. could be considered, you know, demon worshiping. You know, even though you're doing it so the fairies don't, you know, mess with you. See some evangelicals meme about, are you involved in witchcraft without knowing it? And somewhere on that list is leaving milk out at night. <laughs> if you're doing any of these things, you need to repent. Okay, we're not so doing, I, we're not doing the burning beards. <laughs> it's the tag where I mentioned you can go to our page at sunday-skypers.podbean.com. Find links to all of our episodes, links to our Facebook page and MeWe page. You can email us at sundayskypers at zoho.com. It'd also be nice if you gave us a rating or review on iTunes or the podcast app of your choice. And that's all I got.